Welcome to the Stack of Stats podcast. I am your host, Pam Maldonado, joined by my favorite college football handicapper, Harry Gagnon of the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal. We are here to bring you our seven against the spread contest picks for week 12. Oh my God, week 12 of the college football season. Harry, my man, I'm happy to have you back. We went three, three, and one last week. Had a, had a bad beat. I don't want to talk about South Alabama, but Scott Van Pelt, when he says it's a bad beat, hey, I'm believe that it was a bad beat. But we are barely profitable on the season, 36, yep. 33, and one overall. How are you feeling as we approach the end of the college football season? Look, it, it, it's been it's been tough, Pam. We've been, we've yes. held our own. We've done. We've had some. We've had some tough losses along the way. Um, I don't know. I, I you know. I, I just think that it was unfortunate. Like I said, I brought it back. Brought it up last week. I'm bringing it up again this week. Boy, that when we had the Colts and against the Titans, and we had the Vikings against the Cowboys. That was our opportunity to go seven and zero. Right. That was our shot there, and then we and then we come right back the next Saturday and lose like the first two games. And it's like, oh, that really. That really, that's a, that's a, that was a monster four game swing, you know? So, but listen, we're still plugging away. We're still mm-hmm. uh, trying to make a profit every week. And we've, we've overall for the season, we've made more, made a little bit. So it's a, it's, a, it's okay. It is. It's really tough to put together seven against the spread picks, even yeah. though I say, you know, you give me your three, I give you my three. It's hard. It's tough. It's really tough to like sweep every week. So I'm happy with what we're doing. We got two weeks left. Let's finish out strong. Just sure. a reminder of what it is that we are doing. We are in a contest seven against the spread picks between college football and the NFL. Harry shares with me his top three. I share with him my top three. And we kind of have some wiggle room there to kind of pick and choose and decide. There's so many games between mm-hmm. both leagues. So we tried to together to put together our best seven. Harry, your three. It's kind of all over the place. You sent me some college first, and then you yeah. sent me on another text some NFL. <laughs> So I'm not exactly sure which ones you absolutely love. I will say first that you did like Utah. The line opened at three for the contest. It is three and a half because of that hook. I can't comfortably put it in. I know that you like it, but that hook in college football with two run teams that in a game that means so much to both squads. I think that hook could could come into play. Well, I just think that in this game, actually, Pam, I just think this is the uh, last chance for Oregon, uh, and it's not going to happen for them for a national championship. The, their ride is over. I just think Utah is too dominant here. They're seventeen and one straight up in their last eighteen games. Utah is at home. They've won six of the last seven. Uh, the quarterback Cam Rising's been fantastic. Fourteen touchdowns. He's only had interceptions in one game. Utah's averaging thirty six points a game at home. Pam and here, here's my stat. I, I really don't not have been impressed with Anthony Brown, the quarterback for Oregon, but mm-hmm. five of their games, Oregon have been decided by seven or less. And here's the kicker. Stanford, I'm going to mention Stanford for a second here. Right. Stanford's lost six of the last seven games. Their one win was against Oregon. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon, I called it, me and you have been saying it all year, that we bet against Oklahoma screwed us a couple times. They were fraudulent. <laughs> they lost against Baylor. We've loved that. That was one of our plays last week, Baylor. And I've been saying it about Oregon too. Now, this is where I think they slip up. I don't think that either team is dominant over the other. In fact, Oregon leads in almost every uh, scoring statistic over Utah. Utah, Utah at home. I know the Utes are very good with that home record. However, mm. you're getting the hook. They can still win the game by sure, three sure. points. <laughs> 
So it's because of that hook. I want us to have as near of a perfect seven as possible. If this was a betting option, hey, I'm all for you wanting to put your own dollars onto three and a half. But if you want to do a contest that we're trying to go finish strong, finish with a good solid record and give people the suggestion, if I myself wouldn't put buy on three and a half because of that hook, then why would I tell other people to? Understood. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, um, I do like- agree. I do agree with your points that I think this is going to be a this is going to be I think, in my opinion, this is going to be a tough, hard, fat, hard fought match. I like the under in this game. So because I am liking the under, it's going to be the person, the team that has the ball last. It's going to be you have two solid run teams They're third and 12th in the rushing yards. And both their defenses are really top contending against the run. So it's going to be ground and pound. That's what they do. I do agree that Utah has a better quarterback. I just don't see a blowout. I couldn't comfortably that hook. If it was three, I'm all in. Three and a half, I'm a little more skittish. I just think that's it. Plus, it's kind of a fishy line. I know you're not, you know, you may not fall for this as much as maybe I do and uh, right. in, in a lot of spots. But I mean, Oregon's, uh, you know, right there for the national championship. And why are Utah's they the a three and a half point favorite? Not, not only just underdog, up to three and a half. Well, no, the line opened at three and it's been yeah, but pushed not, uh, up, up to three, to and, three and, a half. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Well, if we can't think of anything stuff. else, if we can't figure. Stuff. Okay. Um, well, uh, do you want to move over to the NFL? Then Tell me what you like then. Yeah. Let's, let's let go me, first. Let me, what do you like? Let's go. Let's go NFL first. I got two picks here in the NFL. Um, right. I like the saints over the Eagles. Now look, the Eagles did look impressive last week um, against Denver, put up a nice chunk of points, but they won that game on the road. In fact, the Eagles have won every single game on the road this year. Uh, all four wins, all four mm-hmm. games on the road, 4-0. Uh, they, they're uh, 0-4 at home. Um, and, you know, something that this, the Eagles can do is actually run the ball. Jalen Hurts has been pretty good doing such. But right. the Saints are first in the NFL in against, against the rush. Right. Um, and Trevor Simeon, some, for filling in now and being the – starter in two and a half games he hasn't been bad at all he doesn't have no, a pick he's got mm-hmm. five touchdowns and mm-hmm. overall and Kamara might be back too and I just think overall the Saints are a better team here Philly again uh, at home this season 0-4 I like the Saints in the spot I agree with what you said about Simeon. Um, he passed for 300 yards last week, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he is aiming for his third start in a row with two plus touchdowns and zero interceptions. And you mentioned it, the Eagles, they are so, I think they have found their identity in that run game. So despite Saints having the best run defense. I have a feeling that the Eagles are still going to try. I like the under in this game. That's one of my best bets yeah. for the week. Um, I agree with you. I took Saints plus one and a half. That was actually my initial best okay. bet for the week. Cool. So I agree with this. We'll lock also, it in. Also, if they have to pass, if the Eagles do have to pass, hurts yeah. nine straight games, uh, Pam, under 70% completion percentage, and in five of his last six games, under 200 yards. Under 200 yards. Yep. He's going to have to get it done in the air. And I just don't have the mm-hmm. confidence that he Me would. Neither. I'm not saying he's any worse or better than Simeon, well, but I am. If you have two strong defenses, Saints could always come away with some points there from on defense, as we have seen sure. already multiple games. Well, I also like in the NFL, I know that now again, I'm going to bring the term up again. Fishy line. Green Bay is only minus two and a half against the Vikings. 
I know he got burned a couple weeks ago, like I just mentioned, against the Cowboys with the Vikings when they really should have covered. Um, but I, the but contest I like the line Vikings is two. Two, okay, plus two. Well, uh, um, I, I mean, I like the Vikings in the spot because Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been Aaron Rodgers like lately. Last game, fifty-nine uh, percent completion percentage. The game before that, sixty-two percent. He doesn't have a safety blanket. Aaron Jones in this game to pass to. Uh, and, and the Vikings are pretty good against the pass, the 14th in the league. Uh, I think they did a great job against Herbert yet last week, uh, rushing him, getting some pressures in there, uh, beating the Chargers. Vikings are first in the NFL in total sacks. Um, yes. And I love what they did on offense. Jefferson finally, after a couple of games where he was invisible, had over 140 yards. Cook looked really good, had 120 combined. Cousins was also very good. So I think this is a spot where – Game problem here, and uh, I think he takes down it. One second, Harry, are you still there? Yeah, Harry, I'm here. Can you see? Hear me? Ah, there you are. My internet cut out for a minute. Oh, shoot, yeah. You're good to go until recording. I can just chop that part up. Okay. Um, I heard it. Okay, I'm going to act as if we, nothing happened. All right. I fully agree with your Vikings plus two. I don't mind this at all. And in fact, it's Kelly's best bet of the week. And I also trust nice. her. So she's. Um, we're going to be using this for our contest card as well for the NFL. So mm-hmm. I fully I agree with this. I'm fully on board. Um do you, do you want to talk about some of my options now? I've got a lot of options. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So my best bet that I used for Yahoo this week is SMU plus 11 and a half at Cincinnati. And I am not getting off of this one. This is my best bet of the week. I've had this game penciled in for months. Uh, preseason, week three, week five. Last week, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up on the Mustangs. Um, I'm still going to say it. 2020 Bearcats better than the 2021 team. Last year, Cincinnati team. Top 10 in the pass rush this year. They barely cracked the top 50. Last year, Cincinnati held six of eight opponents to 17 points or less, and that included some of the most potent offenses in all of college football, SMU, Memphis. They just, like, held them to nothing. This year, uh, Cincinnati is now allowing five teams, 20 points or more. It's just not the same team. And it's not just like any old team either. It's teams like Navy. It's <laughs> just not the same type of potent offenses that they had last year. They're kind of allowing anybody some points now. SMU top 10 in passing yards led by quarterback Tanner Mordecai. 37 touchdowns this season, over 3,200 passing yards. They have not, the Bearcats, faced a passing offense like SMU. And they're finding their stride right at the best time in the passing teams that Cincinnati has faced uh, inside the top 50. One was a max school. They caught Notre Dame in a three quarterback situation from injury, and they only won that game by 11 points and they beat Tulsa by eight. The other six opponents that Cincinnati has faced are five of the six bottom 30 for passing offense. So I don't think that this defense is going to be prepared at all. And the Bearcats, um, they're not doing very well exactly on their offense side of the ball either. They're 56 in passing 50th in rushing and SMU is top 30 defense against the run. And I definitely trust Mordecai more than I do Desmond Ritter. Don't think he's a Heisman contender, good quarterback. Yes, but I'm glad that he's no longer in the Heisman talks SMU. They're just better on 
all aspects here. They have a better pass rush. They have a better offensive line. They have a stronger offense. As long as they don't turn the ball over, that's the key to any game, not just this matchup. If you win the turnover battle in any in football, then you're going to likely win the game. Mustangs, I think they can definitely win this game outright and completely diminish any hopes that Cincinnati has for a playoff run. Um, I love I love SMU. <laughs> you know, I just love calling you the Bearcat hater. I just love saying that. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? Last year, though, I'm telling you, uh, last year I was advocating for Cincinnati to be in the playoff. Uh, this team was frick. I'm just going to say, the team was fucking deadly last year. This pass <laughs> rush was mean. They were top five in the pass rush. They were killer. They got to every single quarterback. They held every quarterback. They made them look like mush. This year, it is not the same. All right. And I, All right. people are still remembering 2020 Bearcats. And I, Fully on board with that. Not this year. Not this year. Last year was their opportunity. It's not the same this time around. You're not worried that SMU's lost two of the last three? No. They came. Okay. They, they fought back. Um, they Last game, though, I actually went against them last week, and they completely no. ripped up the offense. They found their groove back. Okay. Kelly found her groove. What is that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, Cincinnati, they're barely holding on. They're barely holding on to. Yeah. They're like I mean, in Oklahoma where they're barely coming out with these wins. A little better last week out of Cincinnati. Yeah. I like that you're running back a lot. Jerome Ford. It's got 15 rushing touchdowns this season, but uh, I'll ride. Yeah. Look at you. Like it. You're, you're high on this one. You love this one. You've been marking this one all yeah. season. So let's take best bet. I ain't going okay. nowhere. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Another game that I like is UTSA minus five at home to UAB. You have both strong in quarterback pressure. They're both top 30 in the pass rush. The difference is going to be in quarterback protection. The Roadrunners offensive line, third best in protecting quarterback Frank Harris, just six sacks on the season. But it's also because he's a mobile quarterback with over 400 rushing yards. The Blazers quarterback, Dylan Hopkins, sacked 22 times this season and not at all a mobile quarterback. He has just 13 rushing yards. That could be the key difference here in this matchup. I definitely trust that this UTSA defense, this front is going to attack and limit UAB's offense. I think the reason why this line, this line actually opened at six and now it's down to five. There's a huge overreaction last week when I was at that game, UTSA at home, 33 point favorites to Southern Miss, and they came out with a 27 to 17 win. Huge two factors about that. One, it was the first home game in a month. And UTSA was coming off back-to-back road games against a good offense in Louisiana Tech and a great defense in UTEP. Overreaction to last week's result, UTSA is the better team from Frank Harris, running back since Jim McCormick, leading pass rusher. They have it all. This is the complete team. Well, I, I, I agree. I mean, you, I think you've taken them twice uh, during the season and hit oh, both yeah. with us uh, in, our, in the contest picks. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, undefeated. Uh, they've scored uh, in the 40s or higher four of the last five games. They're an offensive machine. The only thing I, I don't know, but sometimes I look back at history and I look, and U, UAB, since uh, reestablishing the program, they've beaten UTSA four straight times. Uh, hopefully that has nothing to do with it here because this is a totally different team. This this uh, Roadrunners team is loaded. Um, mm-hmm. UAB has gotten caught a couple times and, uh, and not played well in games. They, they still have a... Seven wins are bowl eligible. Um, but um, boy, only laying five is a pretty good number considering you're dealing with a team that's 10 and 0. 
And one of UAB's losses was to Liberty, and then they lost to Rice, 30 to 24. Mm. So that's a huge red flag for me. Okay. <laughs> and UTSA, I mean, they have uh, one of the best defenses also, UAB. That's also the key difference here is UTSA is a balanced offense. They both pass and they run. They're top 30 in both. UAB is a run-only offense. And UTSA, fifth best against the run. I mean, they're mm. they're pretty dang good on that Again, in the run defense. So I like UTSA. I'm loving it. I'm betting it. Another game that I was thinking about, which I think I want to lay off, it was Michigan minus 14 at Maryland. Everything about this game says that the Wolverines are absolutely going to blow Maryland out of the water. But then I thought about it. And then two things. Um, one, we don't know if running back Blake Corum is going to be back. He was out against Penn State. And it was all Hassan Hoskins in that matchup. They still pulled out the win. But I would love it more so if you're a double-digit favorite on the road to have both backs instead of one. And then the both of them combined for 21 touchdowns, kind of a big deal. The second thing is Harbaugh's team. Who do they have on deck? Ohio State. And mm-hmm. I know that this is definitely a game that you don't want to let up on the gas pedal here. But I always have stuff like that in the back of my mind of, are they going to take it easy because they're looking ahead to the bigger matchup, which we know that the Buckeyes have won eight straight. So Harbaugh is already looking forward to that one. Um, Michigan minus 14. You want to consider it or just lay off? I, you know, I could, I, I, uh, I would consider it. Um, I know it seems like a spot where they have a letdown here and uh, because they might be looking ahead. I just don't think that happens with Harbaugh here. I still think they can run the game, run the ball. Um, I think they put points up early in this game, early, and, and salted away with the running game later. Uh, I just don't think there's a letdown here. In Maryland, I just don't think it's going to be able to move the ball at all. Michigan's defense looked fantastic last week. Um, well, I'm leaning towards the Wolverines here because well, I know taking it's, a, it's a, big, a big number, but I don't we're know. We're taking a I, big favorite on the road. Then how about we instead consider a big favorite at home, and that would be Ohio State minus 18.5 to Michigan State. You have the, this is pretty fucking simple to me. You have Ohio State, CJ Stroud, Heisman contender, number six passing offense in the country, and Michigan State is 130th against the pass. Literally dead last in all of college football. You can't get worse than worst. Um, and we already saw a preview of this matchup. Purdue defeated Michigan State 40 to 29. The big difference between the Boilermakers and the Buckeyes is the Buckeyes have a defense and the Boilermakers don't. They had 600 yards of offense in that game, 536 passing. Purdue is 70th against the run. Ohio State is top 15. So not only will the Buckeyes be able to put up points, but they should be able to definitely stop Michigan State in their tracks. Kenneth Walker, his he's going to be dropped out of the Heisman chat after this, I definitely think. I like Ohio State at home. What do you think? Yeah, I don't mind this pick either. I I, uh, I like them as well. I put them. Uh, I have Ohio State on uh, my site by spot corner as one of my plays too, which I kind of leaning towards um, as well. I, I you know they hadn't covered two games in a row, uh, but they rolled mm. last week. They looked fantastic. Ohio State did last week. Stroud was great. Uh, big numbers from him. Um, I, you know, uh, Michigan State's had a nice season. Uh, but boy, they really let a lot of people down. Uh, I do a show in uh, Lansing as well and um, a radio show. Uh, and, and just they were really bad against the run against Purdue. They gave up a ton of points. Mm-hmm. And I see that happening again here. I just don't think that. Uh, and again, Michigan State usually doesn't contend and play well in these games, especially down late in the season. 
Um, I'm on Ohio State as well with you. So then if you have it already used for something else, do you want to just go ahead and automatically plug this one in? Yeah, we can. Uh, you know what? Uh, do you feel uh, do you feel better about Ohio State than Michigan overall? Yeah, I don't think they're looking ahead to Harbaugh. <laughs> it would no, be the yeah, other I way know. around. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it would definitely this, this be the might other be way the around. Harbaugh gets it done, but but uh, I, I'd still lean towards Ohio State here if you want over Michigan in the spot for another okay. pick. Then let's go ahead and do that. Um, then another matchup that I liked was Iowa State plus three and a All half right. at Oklahoma. Um, I think potentially, I mean, we could have been, it could have been one of those spots where the Cyclones sleeping last week and they lost 41 to 38 to Texas Tech. Um, they lost outright as 10 and a half point favorites. Now they're an underdog. Mind you, this is the only game of the season that the Cyclones have been an underdog. And Matt Campbell, under head coach Matt Campbell for the Cyclones, Iowa State is 19, 10 and one against the spread as an underdog. I think this is an exact matchup. As last week, OU and Texas Tech are very similar in stats, both offensively and defensively. And in fact, the Sooners are actually worse <laughs> in many mm. of the defensive categories. Playing the same team as a 10-point favorite, now a three-and-a-half-point underdog in a game they lost by just three. Last week, the starting point, I think it was for Oklahoma starting to fall apart at the seams. They've been holding on by a thread, and it's finally starting to unravel. Both teams are bottom 30 and converting on third downs. Cyclones slightly ahead in red zone scores. Opponent touchdowns allowed. This will be who will have the ball last. I will take the hook with the underdog team that has yet to play as an underdog. And this is the first game, as mentioned, that the Cyclones are playing as an underdog this season. Yeah, you know, both uh, both teams here, Pam, been pretty disappointing uh, a oh, bit yeah. overrated this season, you know, and so it's made a tough spot because I was looking forward to this game when the season uh, uh, started because of what both teams could have done for this uh, conference. And maybe made, I thought they were both going to possibly challenge, obviously for the big 12, but right. also for a national championship. It's not happening here. Uh, Cyclones have played tough against Oklahoma the past couple of seasons. And I know there's been some murmured stuff about Lincoln Riley, maybe going, uh, even though he said it's false and everything, maybe thinking about going taking the LSU job. That's oh, a little interesting. interesting too in this spot too. So, um, and, you know, Iowa State has let me down. I'm not going to, but I, but I, uh, this season. But Brock Purdy's been t- coming on lately, quarterback wise from for the Cyclones. Um, Brees Hall still again still has that record going on. I think I don't even know what it is now. He's got like touch mm-hmm. a touchdown in like 25 straight games. That's amazing. Um, but uh, but taking that getting that hook on the three is pretty good. I don't have any faith in Oklahoma, so let's go with the Cyclones. Let's go with the Cyclones. Okay, let me see how many games and that is for us. Then that gives us SMU plus 11.5, Ohio State minus 19, Iowa State plus 3.5, UTSA minus 5, and then your Saints plus 1.5, Vikings plus 2, that's 6. If you love Utah, let's put it in. What do you well, here? Let me give me. I got three not, other games that I kind of like. I kind of okay. got three other games that you kind of like. Maybe you like one of these. Um, okay. I'll rip through them. If there's any, this rings a bell to you or you like it, you let me know. Uh, okay. I like Oklahoma State minus the points against Texas Tech. I like Illinois with the points and I like Pittsburgh. Illinois is playing Iowa. Yeah. That one's interesting to me. Well, I'm looking, I looked at that because you look uh, uh, defensively, um, seven straight games. Illinois, give, they're getting a double-digit points here. Seven straight games, Illinois has given up 24 points or less. Uh, mm-hmm. Iowa, four of their five uh, uh, win, last wins, 
10 points or less. So we're getting 12 with Illinois. We're getting 12. I, I like that. And I, I like Pittsburgh too. And I know we've been on Kenny Pickett uh, and, and Pittsburgh this year uh, a couple times, I think, as well. And he's been awesome. I kind of like – here's my thing. I don't know what you think about this, Pam, because the line is what, minus 14 and a half? For Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I actually don't uh, like that at all because the line for the contest is 14 and a half, and the yeah. line opened 13 and a half. Right. Well, I'm just out. The only thing is the reason why I, well, I like Pitt because a couple weeks ago we had Virginia and Armstrong, the quarterback who put up huge numbers all season, went down, had a fill in backup quarterback last week, only could put up three points against the Irish, lost by 25. But I think this line should be more. I think Pittsburgh, the way their offense is rolling, the way Pickett's rolling, this line should be higher. So I, that's, mm-hmm. I like it, but it's too, I think it's a little phony. I think it should be about 17, honestly. I would have loved it at 13 and a half, but I don't yeah. love it at, at okay. 14 and a half. Now we're getting more than, instead of getting the two touchdowns, now we need more than two scores. And it could very well, very well work out. But Iowa, we're actually, with Illinois, we're getting more value because that line opened 11 and it's now 12. You want to go with it? I definitely don't mind that at all. I actually think that this could be a game that Illinois wins outright. And Iowa had Iowa was fantastic to start of the season. At, at second half of the season, not so much. Well, ever ever since they lost their uh, defensive back in Riley mm-hmm. Moss, he kind of helped. He really was like the mold of that team. And then he was out mm-hmm. a couple of games from injury. He is back, however, um, but he didn't really do much in the last game. Uh, yeah, I mean, even... Looking at Iowa's schedule, they got Nebraska next. They got Nebraska. Um, they just came off Northwestern. Yeah, uh, Northwestern was a team that I thought that they were going to completely demolish, and instead, it was yeah. they won that game by five. And five, I think yeah. Illinois is a much better defense than Northwestern, though of course Northwestern does have a better offense. So Illinois played impressively on the road too this year. I mean, they they beat uh, they beat Penn State and Happy Valley in that nine overtime game too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would totally I'm okay to back Illinois here. Okay, let's do it. You want to do Illinois? Yeah. Perfect. Then that's gonna be it. So then those nice are man. our seven against the spread contest picks. We're rolling with the NFL Saints plus one and a half at the Eagles, Vikings plus two at home to the Packers. And then for college football, we're gonna do SMU plus eleven and a half at Cincinnati, Ohio State minus 19 at home to Michigan State. Iowa State plus three and a half at Oklahoma, UTSA minus five, and then we're going to roll with <laughs> Illinois plus 12 oh. at Iowa. <laughs> Those are our seven against the spread picks for this week's college football NFL slate. Do make sure to check out Harry's work on bestbetcorner.com and extrapoints.com and on the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal. You can follow Harry on Twitter at AAO Harry. You can follow me on Twitter at Pamela M35. Harry, my man, thank you for joining me this week. We have two more weeks. That's it. Just this week All and right. next week. And sure. then and then we're done. Can't wait to do it again next week. Let's finish out strong. You know what this sign is? Believe. I believe we're going to finish strong. Nice. Let's do it, man. Awesome.